Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about the Mile High Club, fans, asses, crickets, Canada, nipples, and sumo wrestlers. Let's get on with the show. This flight attendant was telling me this story, and it would be better if you could visualize this aircraft type, but it's a, the Airbus um, 330. It's a big airplane, and in the middle of coach, there's four bathrooms. So there's two on the outer edge of the airplane, and then two in the middle. And the two in the middle, they actually share a wall in the middle. So you don't really realize it unless you're in the airplane all the time like I am or other flight attendants are. You would never think about that your your lavatory is actually sharing a wall with another lavatory. You just don't really think about that kind of stuff, you know. But you can hear a lot of things from the one lavatory to the other lavatory because they share a wall. So that's slightly unusual for aircraft types. So <laughs> this flight attendant said she was in the one... <laughs> And she could hear not one, but two people in the other lab. And you know what happens when there's two people in a lavatory. And you know, it doesn't happen nearly as much. People always are asking that question, but you really don't see it. that. You know, they're small, it's dirty. It doesn't happen that often. And I think this was many years ago. But she heard these two people in the other lavatory. And she also knew that they probably didn't realize that somebody could hear them, that the two lavatories shared an inner wall. So... She would, She put on this kind of like God voice. It was like, I know what you're doing in there. You're going to get caught. It's wrong. <laughs> and they're probably thinking, what? What? My friend who is based in Seattle was on a trip and uh, he went to crew rest. And as he was getting up from crew rest, a female flight attendant was like, oh, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't disturb you. And he was like, no, you didn't disturb me. I didn't hear anything. And she goes, I was listening to this podcast and I was laughing out loud. And he said, oh, um, I didn't hear anything, but what podcast were you listening to? And she said, it's called Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. <laughs> My friend was like, well, I know Betty. <laughs> and she was like, you know Betty? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I've known her since she first moved to Los Angeles. She's one of my best friends. But really, what are the chances that this flight attendant would be listening to my podcast, talking to my good friend? It's a small world. I'm not being 
political with this next story. I'm just telling what I observed. And it is interesting. It's an interesting time that we're living in. So, you know, the the vaccine is very political and some people have very, very strong feelings about not getting it. I totally understand. Nobody has to explain their feelings to me. I have friends and family members who don't want to get the vaccine. It's not my business. You know, it's like you do you, you know, whatever works for you. But some people have really strong opinions about it. And recently, um, different companies are mandating you get the vaccine, or if not, they're mandating that you get tests once a week or whatever it is. All the companies are different. And so they had just instituted that if you didn't have the vaccine, you're going to get tested once a week, which is totally understandable because you're dealing with the public. You know, you don't want people spreading it all over the airplane. Um, so they test in the flight attendant lounge. So I'm working on the computer. I'm doing some research on an upcoming trip I'm taking, basically minding my own business. And a flight attendant who I know, and I know her as a very nice, normal, pleasant peer, like never saw this side of her before, but she had taken a test. And I guess they sometimes will give you a test to take home so that they don't have to pay all the nurses and stuff. Um, in the flight attendant lounge. So they, she had just taken a test and they'd given her a test to do at home for her next trip. And she was so mad. I mean, she was so mad. She was saying, you see this test? She was talking to another flight attendant. I'm just observing. She's like, you see this test? You see this test? I'm taking this test and I'm rubbing it all over my dog's ass. I'm rubbing it all over my dog's ass. I think she said eight times, I'm rubbing this test all over my dog's ass. <laughs> I was thinking, okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just observing. And then she started yelling, it's medical apartheid. It's medical apartheid. And what I'm thinking, I'm just watching this happening. And I'm thinking, she's going to work. How are you going from, I'm rubbing this test all over my dog's ass. It's medical apartheid to get on the plane going, hi, welcome on board. I'm working on D compartment 747 on one side of the aisle and then you see everybody getting up on the other side and everybody starts screaming my name there's 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 a like a bug there's like something on the like on the plane when i look on the other side we stopped the meal service we had to stop the meal service there was this huge i don't even insect really yeah crawling the overhead bin it was like really big <laughs> and on the 747 there was some space on top of right, the bin yeah, yeah. right so i done some gloves and some some of the tapes we had like uh, larger things like thicker tapes i kind of like rub wrap my hand oh, okay, with yeah, it yeah and then i killed it oh my gosh i killed it when i killed it everybody on cheers. the compartment cheers yeah, that's my hero <laughs> this guy comes from the first row screaming at me Oh my gosh, no, no, that's my singing cricket. He won several competitions. Uh, and I said, sir, cricket. yes, celebrity cricket. Then I said, he looked at me, I looked at him and I showed him my hands with the tape and everything oh and the kind, the, the, the cricket in pieces all over my hand. I said, I killed it. <laughs> and then I'm like, sir, where are you you're coming from China. How did you bring this? How did you bring this cricket? You went through security, uh, customs in New York, like because right. they came from China, Japan, New York, São Paulo. Wow. He said, "Oh, I have two more." 
I said, what? And then he come, come, come here, I'll show you. He had, you know the toilet paper roll when it's empty? He put the cricket inside. Oh. And he said that he kind of like put it in a bag and made some holes so the cricket could breathe, yeah. whatever. And, you, and you this one, it. and this one escaped from the toilet paper roll, and it was crawling on the, on the thing. And of course, he wasn't upset with me because he was doing something wrong. Right. Yeah. You know, because he's not supposed. I said, sir, you cannot do that. You cannot bring any animals or insects yes. or anything without being declared. He said, oh, I have two more there. <laughs> so there he goes. I killed the cricket. I'm planning a trip to Canada next month in November uh, to see hopefully the polar bears. Um, I'm not getting, I'm not really booking things and paying for things because I'm a little nervous with the uh, virus that um, Canada's been conservative and I'm afraid they're going to shut it down. So I don't want to pay for stuff and then, you know, Americans aren't allowed to go or, you know, people from the United States aren't allowed to go to Canada. But I have been doing some research to have my ducks in a row in case I could go. And I found some curious facts about Canada. Manitobans from people from Manitoba are the highest per capita consumers of 7-Eleven Slurpees in the world. Who knew? Skets, this is hard to say, skets. Saskatchewan <laughs> hoodies are called bunny hugs and nobody knows why bunny hugs in Saskatchewan say that three times so in the last podcast you know I like to see what people buy on Amazon and somebody had bought a sticker that I thought was funny because it said show yeah <laughs> well I got an email from listener Shelly. <laughs> and she's the one that bought the Shell Yeah sticker. So she wrote me that um, my boyfriend and I love to travel and used to take several cruises a year. One of them was to St. Thomas and we decided to take the ferry over to St. John and go snorkeling for the day at Trunk Bay. It's a beautiful cove with lots of great beach areas and marked snorkeling trail. We got off the ferry and there was a gift shop. So we popped in. We found a tank top that said Shell Yeah. And we had to giggle because my boyfriend insisted on buying it for me because my name is Shelly. I love the tank top and the laughs that ensued wherever we went who knew and read it. I wore that tank top until it was so tattered and I had to say goodbye to it. Recently, I decided to see if Amazon had a similar one and came across a sticker to put on my Yeti. So I revived the shell yes and now I'm getting more laughs from the sticker. So I was so surprised when I opened my podcast app and saw your latest episode and saw the sticker as your front cover. <laughs> yes, um, I was person a flight from Sao Paulo to Atlanta and there was a medical convention. So we had about 40 MDs <laughs> on my flight. One of the doctors, a pediatrician, took an ambient Oh, yeah. To, you know, to sleep. And um, all of a sudden, ding dong, I went to check on her. She was pale. She was lying on the seats. Her eyes were open. I said, are you okay? She says, no. I said, what are you feeling? She says, I think my blood pressure dropped. I said, did you take any alcohol? Do you, do you have any medical conditions? Right. She says, no, I took an ambient. I said, oh, God. Okay, 
She says, I'm a pediatrician. I said, oh, you're a doctor. Okay. I said, well, let me page for a doctor. So he paged for a doctor, and it was like a Christmas tree. All lights came up. <laughs> so I select, like, let about eight of them. Eight? To stay in the back. Okay. I mean, it was really like a Christmas tree. And uh, this doctors, and we moved the lady to the, to the last seat, so laid her down, put a pillow on her bed, got all the emergency equipment out, checking her blood pressure was bad, it was dropping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this this woman's gonna die on me. So the doctors go like, we're gonna have to put an IV on her. I said, okay, that's fine. Here's the IV. They look at each other, go like, they don't know how. Um, does anybody know how to do it? <laughs> <laughs> they look at each other, go like, no, no, me neither, no, 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 I don't. I look at them and said, are you guys kidding me? The said, are you do medical it. doctors? They said, yes, but the nurses do it. Yeah. I said, well, let me, per <laughs> let me page for a nurse, because the doctor won't do it. So we page for a nurse for EMTs. No, we only oh. had doctors. So after discussing among, among themselves who could try to do it, finally a Brazilian plastic surgeon says, oh, okay, well, I can give it a shot. And it was funny to see... <laughs> The pediatrician, the the sick patient, the looking up, like, oh crap! <laughs> so, the Brazilian plastic surgeon tried to put on um, the IV on, but she had a jumpy vein, you know. So he goes, okay, well, I can maybe I can try to put on the hand. So he finally got it in. Her hand was as purple because he got blood all over internally. Oh my god! Yeah. So they finally got in, she stabilized, you know, got better. Before those eight doctors left the galley, I found a YouTube video on how to put an IV. I told them, guys, just in case if I have another emergency, let's meet here first, watch the video, then we go attend the patient. That's my funny story. I'd like to thank any of you who were so very kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon and, you know, they have everything. And you went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, click through any of the Amazon ads. It doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. Somebody bought an organic cucumber. It is interesting what people buy on Amazon these days. It has changed. Somebody else bought... We can sign the Essential Illustrated Guide to Sign Language for Kids. And then some nice person bought my book, Betty and the Jets, The Adventures of a Traveling Fool. So just think about going to my website, bettyinthesky.com. Click through any Amazon links. And I thank you so very much. This was a new one. We're going to Europe. Every seat's full. It's been crowded lately. And, um... There was a guy, older gentleman, not old, old, um, pitching a fit because he said he was supposed to have a seat with extra room because he had a note from his doctor. And he showed every single one of us the note from his doctor, and he really thought that that would work. And I, <laughs> I don't know how that's supposed to work. It said, please give Mr. So-and-so a seat with extra space to help in his healing. If you have any questions, please call the office. And it's like, well, you know, how is this supposed to work? He didn't pay for a bigger seat. It, you know, we have seats in um, economy that you can pay 
it's not an exorbitant amount extra, but it is extra and you get a few more inches of room. And then, you know, we have first class seats. But I was saying to the guy, I said, hey, um, because he was really irate. We couldn't even get the service going because he, he was pitching such a fit. And I was like, well, how's this supposed to go? I'm supposed to go to the person who paid extra for their seat and say, you know, I know you paid extra for the seat to have extra room, but this guy over here has a, a note from his doctor. <laughs> How does that work? How do you go to the first class person? I know you paid for a first class ticket, but I'm sorry, but this man has a note from his doctor. <laughs> you know, uh, he, then, then he was insisting on that he should get a refund because he was supposed to have a seat with extra. He didn't pay for it. He was he wanted a refund for something he didn't pay for. And we were like, you know, how does this work? It's like, oh, oh, you only have a note from your doctor. Well, this girl over here, she's got a note from her teacher. So two months ago, I had gotten that um, for me disturbing uh, tweet where somebody hashtagged who they thought my airline was and it was negative and I was afraid I was going to get in trouble at work. And I got all these nice emails from listeners. And thank you so very much. There were so many really thoughtful uh, emails that I got. But this one was particularly interesting because uh, it involves uh, the Chinese language and me in a magazine. <laughs> I got this email from Karen, and it said, Dear Betty, I just finished listening to your latest podcast and immediately started drafting this email. Your podcast is my very favorite of all 300 or so in my feed, barring none. It's ear candy, and I most look forward to it every month. Please do not give another thought to stopping. And then this is what I think was interesting. But besides just enjoying listening to your podcast, your show provides great examples of English conversational storytelling style. And I was like, well, really? Uh, I don't know of any other podcast that has anything like it. For this reason, I've used it a lot in my teaching to help train my students in their English listening and storytelling skills. In fact, I even used one episode as an example in an article I wrote for a English learning magazine called English Island to illustrate how one usually tells stories in English. We set the scene for the story in the past tense, then we get excited and closer to the climax, we switch to the present tense to make it sound and feel more like we're in the middle of the action, and when we're wrapping up the story, we go back to the past tense. And I was thinking, if I do that, I didn't realize it. <laughs> and she said, most of your stories are perfect examples of this and were great practice for my students. So then she put a link to, to me in this Chinese magazine for Taiwan. And it was really kind of exciting because it's like, how can my little silly story be helping somebody and be in a magazine in Taiwan? But the story, uh, I don't know how long you guys have been listening. Uh, this little story from years ago, I was getting on the plane, a 767, and we had different pilots to and from Europe. So this pilot gets on and I'm standing by the door. We're still waiting for the cleaners to be done. And he kind of leans in and he says, um, yellow horses. And I was like, so he just gets on the plane and I say to the flight attendants, I said, why did he say yellow horses? Is that some sort of code or something? And everybody was like, oh, I don't know. So then later on, I'm getting the plane ready and he's coming to the back of the plane to check the water and the waste. And I say to him, um, why were you talking about horses? And he said, I wasn't talking about horses. And I said, well, when you got on the plane, you kind of leaned into me and said, 
yellow horses. And he said, I said, hello, gorgeous. <laughs> so my little silly yellow horses story made the Chinese magazine. I forgot to tell this story last month. I had that Venice layover, and I was flying with a girl that I really like, and the two of us were uh, traipsing around Venice. We had such a nice time. Sometimes, you know, you just have a time where everybody's, like, giving you stuff free, and everybody's being nice, and you're meeting people. You know, it doesn't always happen that way, but the two of us, we had stopped at this really kind of a local place and got a glass of Prosecco and an appetizer, and we were sitting on the steps of the canals, uh, just watching the boats go by. You know, how nice is that? And then next to us is a gentleman with a younger girlfriend. It was new, you could tell. They started talking. Um, I did tell the story because he heard me say, <laughs> he heard me tell that story. We were talking about the bra shopping and it's a way to, to ditch people. And, and he was like, Oh, so you guys are going bra shopping? So we started a conversation with um, these two people, and then he went and bought us a free drink, which was very nice of him. And uh, they were interesting. Uh, he was sort of a gregarious fellow, and she was a pretty young girl. But the funny thing, or the interesting thing, or the odd thing about the encounter was it was my friend, I was sitting on the end that it was my friend. And then it was the guy and the young girl, girlfriend, the young girlfriend. Well, my friend at one point um, leans over to me and says, she keeps showing me her twat. And I was like, she what? Because <laughs> I wasn't as close and I didn't have the same view view that she did. I'm watching the boats, taking pictures in Venice. And she's, again, later, she's like, she just did it again. Like the way she was moving her legs and her skirt, um, she was showing her, her, her private areas. And um, at that point, you know, it's kind of probably time to go. Because <laughs> she was like, I just got another twat shot. <laughs> and so I just saw her in the flight attendant lounge. And she was like, hey, hey, remember that twat shot? This next story is like basically the exact opposite of the last one. And I bet you any money that this particular passenger in the next story is not by any means, by any stretch of the imagination, doing any public twat shots. Okay, so something happened. You said on an MD-88? Yeah, it was like on an MD-88. And this woman asked to move. And she had to sit next to her family member. And... Um, I said, well, I can, I can, I can't ask, okay, but you know, you're more than, welcome to, <laughs> you're more than welcome to ask somebody, right. you know, and she goes, okay, because I suffer from this medical problem where she smells like fish. Oh. And she kind of didn't want to sit next to this. She has a medical problem where she smells like fish. Yes. Like, I, yes. Like, yes. Yes. And so she didn't want someone to sit next to her and... And so she had to sit next to a family member. And I just went, Well, that's um, a first. What? Like, that what was too much say? information. <laughs> just like, just like, all you had to do was move. <laughs> so I'm reading up 
on my upcoming trip to Canada, and it said in the book that I was reading,、uh, Canada has a lot of middle of nowhere, high latitude places like the Arctic villages, but they might not seem like much during the day, but at night. Drapes of green, yellow, aqua, violet, and other psychedelic hues flicker and dance across the sky. Traditionally, some Inuit people believe that the Northern Lights, aka the Aurora Borealis, were the spirits of hunted animals, while others feared they were the lanterns of demons chasing lost souls. Interesting. So I was, I was. Part of my excitement about this trip was I'm going to take this train to Churchill, Canada. It's in the Arctic, and one of the few places you can really get a good chance of seeing polar bears. But I'm going to take this train. I'm going to take a train for two days. I haven't done much train travel. It sounded romantic and exciting, and I thought I'm going to get a train car. Well, a sleeper car. Well, wah wah wah. And doing a little more research. Because of COVID, the sleeper cars are not operating, and at least, at least as far as my research has shown,、um, the dining cars are not operating. So, let me tell you, it's a coach seat for forty-eight hours, and you bring your own food. <laughs> Sounds a lot less romantic than it did before. You know, people complain about a flight to Europe, like eight or nine hours in coach. We're talking forty-eight hours in coach, and bring your own food. So I was like, oh, wah, wah, wah.、Um, so now, but the other thing is, the only way to get there, there's no roads. It's either by train or plane, and the the plane tickets are very expensive. And you know, I'm I'm rather frugal, so that I can travel more. So.、Uh, I can go standby. Like we can go standby on other airlines, but it's risky when there's only、uh, the polar bear tours stop at middle of November, and there's only a few more dates left open. And to me, the tour to see the bears is expensive. And if I'm going to be standby, and it's not my airline, so I can't really see like how many seats are available. It's a little risky, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Cross my fingers, and I'm going to go a day early. So if I can't get on, I still have a spare day before I have my expensive polar bear tour. So getting it all figured out. This was from a, a, a passenger. Okay. She was a little bit elderly. Okay. But she lost her old set of teeth at the top. Oh. So we were walking through the aisle, and somebody kicked it. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Oh my gosh! So her, her, yeah, her, her fake teeth. Yeah, the、oh, whole set. Teeth. Oh my gosh! So we, when we found it, we put it on a cup, put some hot water, so we can clean it a little bit. But now the question was, how to approach and see if it's hers, you know? <laughs> so that was tricky. As in, we had to go like, "Hi, are you missing something?" She goes like. No, like, are you sure? <laughs> She goes like,、oh, where I lost my uppers. <laughs> like, here it is. There's hot water in there. So, because we found them on the ground. She was like, oh, thank you. She was the one. So, <laughs> that was it. I lost my uppers. <laughs> it sounds like pills, actually. <laughs> I did an episode a long time ago called Galley Talk because. You have time together, 
And like, say, in between services, you might have a couple hours together with people you don't know or don't know well. And the subjects that we get to, there's just no telling how we got there. (laughs) Or you wouldn't have that conversation with somebody you don't know very well. It's a galley talk. So I was in the galley with this flight attendant. She had recently come back from maternity leave and she had a baby boy. And I think somehow we started talking about her baby shower. And she said, well, I got this very unusual gift at my baby shower. And I was like, oh, what was that? Uh, And she said, "Uh, I got a certificate for a psychic reading about the baby. And I was like, Oh, all right. How did that go? And she goes, well, that's why tenant is saying, I'm not really a psychic type person, but I had this certificate and, you know, you're always curious about what the baby's going to be like. And she, and she also thought, well, I'm not going to tell this psychic if it's a boy or a girl. And let's just see what the psychic said. She was kind of curious. So she goes to see the psychic and the psychic told her that the baby was going to be a boy, and he was going to be fat. This is a a white flight attendant. And she said, the baby is going to look like a white sumo wrestler. And the, the flight attendant was thinking, what? My baby's going to be fat and look like a white sumo wrestler? This is, I don't know. I don't know what she expected to hear, but this isn't what it she was thinking it would be. So I said, well, was, was, was the psychic right? And she was like, yes, I had a boy. He's pretty fat. I guess you could say he looks like a white sumo wrestler. <laughs> he's not obese, but he's pretty fat. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Anyway, I said, so, um, so the psychic, was pretty good. And she said, I made another appointment. (laughs) We're on the flight to Salt Lake City and we're serving soup and salad. A buddy of mine used to wear a toupee. As he's picking up in the aisles, the toupee falls in somebody's tray. He picks it right back up, puts it the other way around. As he's walking back to the galley, there's soup dripping from the side of his forehead. Do I, do, do I need to say more? <laughs> this story has a little bit of raunch to it, just in case you have um, sensitivities. So this flight attendant was telling me, this was a long time ago, they were on the van going to the hotel, and there were some other employees in the van, and the guy said, oh, I work in the on-the-job injury department. And they were like, oh. And he said, you flight attendants, you guys come up with all kinds of stories. And they were like, like what? And he said, you're always trying to say things are an on-the-job injury when clearly they're not. And they were like, like what? And he said, this this flight attendant said she was on her layover and she wanted to look good for the company. So she was shaving her chest. And they're all like going, they're shaving her chest. It's a female. Uh... Uh, shaving her chest and she mistakenly shaved off her nipple. And the flight attendants were all like, what? 
what? And he said, she said she was on a layover and she wanted to look good for work. So she was shaving her chest and she mistakenly shaved off her nipple. And everybody just was like confused. And he goes, what really happened when we did some investigating is she picked up a guy at a bar. They had sex and he bit off her nipple. Not an on-the-job injury. You know certain things about yourself, and I am easily entertained, and I know that about myself, so sometimes I can get excited about something that other people are like, yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Well, on the Airbus 350, the way that the airplane door windows are configured, they have like a magnifying thing on the bottom so that you can see far. So basically they're making it so you can see better in case there was an emergency. But that little magnifying portion of the window creates rainbows on the airplane. Airplane rainbows. And so like the first few times I saw it, I'd be saying the other flight times, I'm like, look, it's a rainbow. Look, it's a rainbow. It's an airplane rainbow. And everybody's all like, yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I see it big deal. (laughs) But then I was sitting at the uh, jump seat at the exit and there's a young girl and you know, young girls like to take, especially these days, they like, there's always selfies. It's all about the selfies. So the, the airplane rainbow shows up and I say to the girl, I say, She's she's busy looking at her phone. She doesn't notice the rainbow. And I say, hey, I, I don't know if you notice, but you might want to look because there's a ra- rainbow. And you could like, because it's going right by your seat, you could take a picture of you with, with an airplane rainbow. And she was like, what? <laughs> she must have taken <laughs> 20 pictures of herself with the rainbow in various places. And I was like, well, look, at least somebody else gets excited too. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Hey, 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 hey.